Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Dr. Brian McElroy, who has been a practicing um, uh, general practice uh, physician in Ireland for the last eight years, and he's pretty close to becoming an Alexander Technique teacher. And we're going to talk today, uh, and I guess I should say this podcast is primarily for Alexander Technique teachers and trainees. Um, we're going to talk today about some advice for, uh, when when you're dealing with medical professionals uh, trying to explain or promote the Alexander Technique. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert. Uh, really good, really good to be here. Thank you. Well, it's good to talk to you again. We've done a few other podcasts that are that are pretty interesting. Um, so, what do you think is the biggest mistake that Alexander teachers are likely to make if they are um, talking about the technique to their doctor? Um, I think the biggest mistake. Um, I guess I'm not really answering your question directly, but I think the biggest mistake is that teachers don't talk to doctors enough about the technique. Um, so what, what I'm going to be, I guess, suggesting in this podcast is that our, our tips to facilitate teachers to approach doctors directly with the view of trying to increase the number of referrals they get from doctors Okay, so you, you, you think, just to break in for a second, you think the main problem is that teachers are a little reluctant to bring up the technique with their doctor? Um, so I guess to, to put, just to paint a little picture, Robert, in terms of how doctors make decisions. Um, so I guess doctor, we'll say for a person with lower back pain, for example, um, doctors will make decisions based on what they know and and how much whether they have read recently on a particular intervention for, for lower back pain for example so what they know is is mainly going to come from the journals they read um are from the latest guidelines in terms of dealing with a specific topic so for that reason alone most doctors unfortunately will not know about the technique because even though um the alexander technique had a really good publication in the British Medical Journal 10 years ago, most doctors um, may not have read that, or if they did, it will probably have slipped their mind at this stage. So um, otherwise, in terms of other interventions, um, like as a GP, I would see, um, I, I would at least have offers of um, people who represent private hospitals, who uh, perform private MRI scans, um, I would have, uh, I would get letters from uh, pain specialists and um, private pain specialists. And I, t I typically don't meet with drug reps, but most GPs I do know um, meet a drug rep every week um, and they get information, most up-to-date information on the most up-to-date drugs um, that are uh, manufactured by that particular drug company. So I think, I think first of all, most doctors don't know about the technique and basically they're not getting any information uh, about the technique at their doorstep. So from my point of view, I, I, think it's, um, I think it's a really good opportunity for Alexander Technique teachers 
Um, if we were to represent ourselves and try to arrange to meet with our GPs or primary care physicians on a one-to-one basis, but not, not, not just bring it up like on the side of your own consultation, but I, I, what I would be encouraging is perhaps to ring up your practice, um, ask to see your um, doctor for 10 minutes um, for, we'll say, an appointment slot um, uh, with the view to presenting the Alexander Technique and the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And and um, I'm thinking of the, <clears throat> the the doctor that my personal doctor is in a in a practice of I think about ten ten doctors, so obviously the ideal would be to somehow manage to get all ten of them in a meeting. Yes, that would be ideal. So I, I guess from personal experience, um, two years or uh, a year and a half ago or so. Um, I, I, I set up a company and I was running um, inner ease workshops for GPs and health professionals. Um, and during that time period, um, I sent hundreds of letters and hundreds of emails to um, lots and lots of doctors. And I pretty much nothing came of the letters or the emails, literally nothing at all. Like I didn't have any follow up from any of them. Um, but I did visit um, about six to seven practices and from those, so I visited six or seven practices, and basically that all began with a phone call to a practice to either meet a GP that I had some connection with, but sometimes just to, I phoned up the secretary and asked to speak with a doctor who might be interested in the work I'm doing, and I briefly explained the work I was doing. Um, but from those, um, from those um, uh, visits to meeting doctors one-to-one, um, I then had the opportunity to present um one to two hour workshops to the GPs in those practices. Um, another GP sent his nurse along to one of my workshops. Um, I had another 30 minute educational meeting with another practice. So that, that initial um, that initial 10 minute appointment can lead on to what you're speaking of, which would be the ideal of, of meeting um, all GPs or all, all doctors in a particular practice. Um, so I, I think, more, well, if you're very lucky, you, you may have the opportunity, like just from a phone call to, to meet with the, the full host of, of um, doctors in a practice. But I think initially, it, realistically, it's more likely that you'll meet one and then that one person will be the contact person for the other doctors. And then you might be able to, to, to present to all the doctors in the practice. Um, right. So let's say that you are successful in arranging a meeting with with uh, a doctor or yes. a group of doctors. Uh, what are the and there are obviously a lot of ways to talk about the Alexander technique, and I would imagine that the way you'd want to talk about them with doctor about the technique with doctors might be somewhat different than if you had a group of musicians or dancers or the general public. And yeah, for if, sure. And well, what would those differences be? What would that difference be, or those differences, I guess? So I've just, I've just written down um, seven points here that, that, you, that people might want to bear in mind when they're visiting a doctor or presenting to doctors. So firstly, I'd, I'd introduce yourself. Tell, tell, tell him or her or the people who you are. Um, what you do, that will be the second thing. So you practice Alexander Technique, um, and maybe perhaps you do something else as well if you have another qualification. Um, 
And then the, the third question that doctors want to know is, is what you are offering helpful and to whom exactly would it be helpful to? Um, because obviously as doctors, we, we see a whole host of people. So you might have um, a particular cohort of, of people in mind. So it might be people with back pain, but it might be, you might have a long list of people that you might be seeking referrals from. Um, as, as, as doctors, we will want to know if there is evidence for the Alexander Technique. Um, so if it is possible to learn a little bit about one or two of the main trials um, and present them in a, in, a, in a graph or in handouts, um, mm-hmm. then I think that would, that would go down very well. So even if it was, we'll say, for the BMJ trial, if it was as simple as knowing that it was a randomized control trial, which is the best form of, of medical evidence right. that involves 64 GP practices with over 500 people, and the results showed were, were very were very successful for the Alexander technique. So knowing a few very simple facts and being able to communicate them clearly um, would be really helpful um, from a doctor's point of view. Um, and otherwise, then I think to 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 kind of build on the evidence as a teacher, if you have specific case examples um, that you could illustrate um, quite clearly, that would be really helpful. So. You could have case one, um, Mary O'Reilly, um, who presented with lower back pain for three years, um, had tried um, joint injections, acupuncture and painkillers, and then presented to me. And then you could, you could um, uh, Laurel Podolki, who presented at the Alexander Technique Congress, had a lovely term. She had uh, something called diagnosis of use. So mm-hmm. she would describe that the that Mary presented with her head with her head pulled back and down with um, an exaggerated lumbar curve or whatever it is, the peculiarities of the use of that particular patient. And then you can write about the progress or you can speak about the progress that you've made to date with that person. Um, uh, so, so having some specific cases, so you might say at the beginning, Mary had pain um, almost every day um, and it would stop her from doing her gardening or the things that she enjoyed doing. And after 10 sessions, she's now pain-free most days. She's off her medications uh, and she's and she's doing well. And then perhaps if you had some written feedback from your client, um, you could quote that as well in terms of your case presentations um, uh, to, to kind of supplement your case presentations. And I, I think a combination of presenting some... Uh, so, uh, uh, some brief synopsis of the evidence available for the technique in your context, as well as um, some case studies, um, w- would would really help to illustrate what you what we do as Alexander Technique teachers well, um, and, and and would um, yeah w- would give the best possible chance of, of of getting referrals from the people you're presenting to. Right, and I would think that the optimal. Um, personal case study would be uh, a student of yours who was a patient of one of those doctors. Exactly, Robert. Yeah, exactly. And I was I was thinking about this and um, when when I was working um, in Ireland, um, what what I've been encouraging Alexander Technique teachers to do in Ireland is to write a brief letter of any cases they're seeing um, uh, with your pupil's consent. Um, 
write to the GP practices that they're seeing and mm -hmm. update them on on on, their, on your pupils or their patients' progress. Right. Um, and if if you were able to then um, in a few weeks' time present, then you could present that particular patient or your your pupil uh, at that in that context, provided you have their their consent. Yeah, I would think um, that, that would but, that would be the very best. Um, but I, I, another question on I, I, the the point you make that um, medical professionals in general want to see the evidence, right? They want to see studies like the the UK back pain study. Of course, would be pretty pretty good because, as you say, it's large scale, randomized, and so on. What are some of the other studies that you might want to bring up if you're talking to uh, uh, doctors? Um, I think that's going to be um, specific to the clients that you want to work with. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, I, I, I need to do more reading myself on all the studies. I understand there's about 100 studies um, out there on the technique in different contexts. Um, another one that comes to mind that goes nicely with the BMJ study is a study that was carried out in Bristol in 2012 with chronic pain patients as part of a community chronic pain team. Um, and that had just involved 43 people, but it, 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 at the end of the study, it has a lot of really nice quotations from participants in the study. So it has both um, a quantitative aspect, meaning that it has lots of statistics, but it also has a qualitative aspect. So you get to hear what people actually experienced um, so, so, but uh, as I said, I guess really, um, I personally need to do more reading of of the evidence that is present for the Alexander technique. But if you work with a particular uh, catchment of patients, then the more studies you have on that area, then um, the the better the better it would be. Um, even if it was just a brief synopsis of of the studies uh, involved. Right. Well, and there is a UK um, neck pain study that uh, is fairly new and that might be a good one as well exactly yes so, yeah um so would you so when i look at all the studies um the 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 studies that i find in a way the most intriguing of all might not be ideal to present to doctors i'd like your opinion on this and those are the ones done by uh, a neurologist, um, neuroscientist uh, who's also an Alexander teacher in London. He's an American, American um, who has a whole series of studies on postural tone and the Alexander technique. And um, I think he's at the University of London. And the, what makes these studies fascinating to me is that unlike virtually all other studies, they are, do not rely on subjective feedback from the, pe from the people involved. Mm -hmm. They are actual measurements of a real thing and mm -hmm. that has never really been possible to measure until fairly recently. So to me, those are impressive, but I'm not sure. I'd, I'd be interested in your opinion. Do you think those would be useful to bring up as well? I do, I do, Robert. I think they would be um, fantastic to supplement um, be because basically one of the other points that um, who you're presenting to is going to want to know is, is what is the Alexander technique and how exactly does it work? So 
if you have studies um, that show show give give a sense of how it works, um, and it, a lot of I think the studies you're speaking of have some really nice um, images as well that supplement that that are part yes, of the, yes. the the papers, and they would be wonderful to put up, for example, in a slideshow. Oh, interesting! Or, or have a yeah. handout. Yeah, so, because um, he's using this amazing device uh, to run the studies that um, is, a, is very picturesque, to say the least. Yes, yes. I think I'm familiar with the one that, that you're speaking of. Um, and um, at the Congress as well, at the science panel, there was a wonderful video that showed the the biomechanics of what happens. Um, they, they have two videos up, one with a student of uh, one with a, a teacher, an Alexander Technique teacher, and another with a, someone who has no experience, and you just get to see them sitting and standing, um, and and you see there you see this um, computer generated image of the inexperienced person pulling their neck back and down, thrusting their hips forward, mm-hmm. um, and you can you like a picture really or a video can often paint a thousand or paint a thousand words because you really get to see the the mechanics of what's involved and y- you know in, intuitively that um, Alexander Technique lessons and that this person um, is, is, is using themselves in a much, much better way by looking, by seeing some of these images. So I think in, in explaining how the technique works, um, images are, as you mentioned, like specific studies that talk about um, optimal body tone um, would, would be really, really helpful to explain how the technique works, and that's the beauty of of, of a lot of um, the research and studies that are going into exactly how the technique works. Right. It, it equips us to explain it in a in a really scientific way. Right. Well, so a, apart from um, sort of scientific studies, what do you think about? You mentioned Laura Podolke, who uh, is an Alexander teacher who works, I think, more or less full-time at the Mayo Clinic. And um, there are some videos of her talking about her work there, and I believe some other doctors talking about it. Now, those aren't studies, but do you think they would carry much weight with um, with doctors? Yeah, I think, I think it would be useful to mention that, like, the Alexander Technique is something that is being used in the Mayo Clinic, um, uh, because the Mayo Clinic is simply a very prestigious and reputable, um, uh, world-renowned uh, clinic, so right, I think right. there'll be no no harm in in, in saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really interesting in Laurel's uh, presentation. She mentioned who she gets referrals from, um, and she really did. She she and she's now getting referrals from from such a vast range of fields from. Neurology, family medicine, ear, nose, throat, um, physiotherapy, fibromyalgia, um, pain clinics, um, psychiatry, um, and women's health uh, medicine. And it's it's I think it, like it's it's so interesting to see how, um, and it's obvious to us as teachers. We I guess we we kind of know that the Alexander technique is helpful for so many things, but it's interesting to see it in the context of medicine that she's now getting referrals from so many different departments. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting that as an Alexander Technique teacher, if you have colleagues in any of these fields, you, you don't necessarily need to approach your family physician. 
if you approach an ear, nose, throat doctor, for example, they're going to have a number of patients on their books who have um, temporal mandibular joint dysfunction, for example. Or if you know a neurologist, they're probably going to have a few hundred patients with Parkinson's disease who would benefit from the technique. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to know who you can get referrals from as well. Right. Um, is there anything else that you... Any other bits of advice you'd give to Alexander teachers? Um, I guess, um, I guess, in just some generally speaking, I think um, outflow determines inflow, and by that I mean, I think we need to, um, like Alexander himself, wrote a lot and corresponded a lot um, with uh, medical doctors, and I think if we have a certain degree of outflow, if we, if we. Um, uh, uh, took a couple of days from our diary every six months to to try and engage with medical practitioners. I think we probably would find that we're getting more uh, referrals from me- medical practitioners. Um, Kitty Breen, who is another person who spoke at the Congress, um, I really enjoyed um, her take um, on how she um, got, got referrals and. She says that she always has three words in mind when she's when she's um, approaching uh, medical doctors, and that's to be authentic, to be generous, and to be patient. Um, and I thought I think that's maybe that's some that there's some good um, uh, tips to to end with. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that uh, Alexander himself was intertwined with the medical profession from the very beginning back in Australia and certainly in England as well, that he he um, he, he he made those kind of connections, the same sort of connections you're talking about uh, himself from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, he did. And I, like, I'm, I, I'm sure he knew that like medical professionals are, are the people he will get a lot of uh, referrals from. Um, and I guess another little side story, um, uh, six months ago or so, I, present, I presented as uh, the Alexander Technique to the doctors I was working with, about six other doctors. And I told them at the beginning and at the end that I was a student and that I couldn't see, um, I couldn't see patients. But they referred people to me anyways. You know, I, I think doctors are, are often so desperate to find um, solutions for their patients if they if they come across something that makes sense right. um, and, and, and they, they will they will refer I, I, like I'd be, I would be quite confident in from that point of view right and and I, so, I've spoken to other uh, doctors and uh, about the technique who've also had some experience with it and one thing that comes through is that uh, doctors um, pain is a really frustrating thing for doctors to deal with they don't they can they can do go the drug route which may you know take care of some symptoms but not the underlying cause and also uh, has has some serious dangers uh, they can refer someone to a physical therapist and maybe that will help and maybe it won't but they don't really have they don't there are as you put the word you use is frustrated and i think that's what a lot of doctors are with their patients who are in pain yeah for sure for sure uh, robert and particularly for chronic back pain it's such a, a challenging and debilitating 
uh, condition that right. people often, we, we, like in Ireland at least, we often end up um, uh, writing cert certificates for, for work so that they're no longer able to work. So often these patients are out of work for months, if not years, and it, sometimes you, you start off, or doctors start off um, uh, prescribing um, analgesics, but mm -hmm. often the pain can affect the patient's mood, you end up prescribing an antidepressant. Right. Um, then you, you might end up prescribing a sleeping tablet because they can't sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're still they're still coming back because the cause of their pain, in my opinion, isn't really addressed. Um, and uh, yeah, the Alexander technique is something that uh, two things we can we can describe it, and I think they're very true. One is that it does no harm. And secondly, is that it's 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 cause oriented. So we're looking at the underlying cause of of the pain. And Alexander wrote so extensively and was so passionate about the fact that he felt that um, it was a person's use that causes so many of their their problems in terms of their functioning. Um, and pain being one of the side effects of of impaired use, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, I think that'd be a, a great note to, to close on. I should put in a little plug for um, the the other podcasts I've done with doctors. There must be about 10 or 12 of them now. I'll put a link to uh, a page where you can read them all. They range from GPs or primary care physicians such as yourself to um pain specialists uh, at universities, uh, neurosurgeons, and the like. And I would imagine, I didn't really ask you this, but I would imagine that for some doctors, listening to those kind of kinds of podcasts might, uh, might be interesting as well. I, I think so, Robert. Yeah, I've, I've uh, listened to them all essentially over the last couple of weeks in, prefer in preparation for this. But they're they're such fantastic resources, um, and doctors like like everyone else in the world are are becoming more and more tech savvy. So we do listen to podcasts, and when you're like you've interviewed professors and uh, family physicians and pediatricians to such a, a wider range, a wide array of of, um, of professions, there it's it's a really really good resource that um, right. that certainly. You could point out to to people you present to doctors you present to as well. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this, Brian. Uh, my my guest today has been Dr. Brian McElroy, who has for the past eight years uh, been a uh, primary care physician in Ireland, and he's uh, completing his training in England at the Bristol Alexander School to become an Alexander teacher. So uh, I'll put a link to his website uh, by the interview, and I'll put a link to that uh, page that lists other podcasts with Alexander, with, with, with medical professionals about the Alexander technique. Thank you so much for being on the show, Brian. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. <laughs>